Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast from APH. We're talking to people from around the world who are creating positive change in the lives of people who are blind or visually impaired. Here's your host. Welcome back to Changemakers. My name is Jonathan Wall. Today we're talking all about CodeJumper, an accessible way for students to learn about computer coding. We'll hear from Sherry Bortleson, who developed STEM and computer science curriculum, and we'll talk with Robin Lowell, who wrote the curriculum that comes with CodeJumper. But before we get started, if you're new to CodeJumper, I just want to tell you a little bit about how it works. CodeJumper takes block coding, something that's usually taught visually on a computer screen, and it puts it on the table in front of you. It's something that you can manipulate with your hands. CodeJumper consists of a plastic hub and pods, and you use wires like a headphone jack to connect them together. Then using tactile knobs, you can create stories, songs, and even tell jokes. As students work with CodeJumper, the complexity increases. You learn how to loop and pause your code, and even how to create if-then statements. CodeJumper is an introduction to coding that levels the playing field by creating access for students who are blind or visually impaired. At APH, we believe everyone should have an opportunity to learn how to code, opening doors to meaningful and well-paying jobs. In the second half of today's show, we'll talk about how easy it is to teach CodeJumper with the included curriculum, but first, we're going to talk with Sherry Bortleson, the computer science curriculum developer for the Bellevue School District in Washington State. Sherry was one of the first teachers to test CodeJumper, and she did it with kindergartners, a younger age group than CodeJumper was designed for, but still with great results. Sherry, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Sherry, tell me a little bit about your introduction to CodeJumper. Fortunate enough to learn about CodeJumper through a parent actually who works for Microsoft Research, and she's a parent of a child schools. And she happened to mention um, about the code jumper and wanted to know if I would learn more and how could we think about using this in our schools. And so from that point, I, you know, really tried to identify like where we would have students that would benefit from this and then began to really think about the tool as not just for students um, with visual challenges, but more about like how could we use the setting um, in a more inclusive way. Sherry, I know you held a coding camp as a way to test CodeJumper. Can you tell me a little bit about how that worked? After first learning about the CodeJumper and trying to think about uh, how we could implement it in the classroom setting, not just in more of a a setting one-on-one with a particular student, we actually identified a kindergarten classroom that we thought, hey, what, what if we could use this tool in the classroom, not just with the student with the visual impairment, but with all the kids in much more of an inclusive manner. We wanted to introduce them to the basics of computational thinking, what is an algorithm, what's debugging, what are loops, and then this idea of everyone can code. And that's really where, by design, we brought in CodeJumper. So with this classroom of kindergartners, it was very interesting because there was the one student with an identified visual impairment, and then there were several other students who are receiving Um, special education services in other identified areas. And then we had 
several uh, multilingual learners in the classroom. And so what we decided to do was set up stations, learning stations, because this is a very typical way we teach kids in kindergarten any during literacy and math and writing. And so we thought, well, why not just do that for computer science? We would introduce a topic for that day. So for the first day, it was say algorithm and coding and everyone can code. So we really felt it was important to set the stage of learning environment. And so from there, we divided the kids up into four stations. So one station was where the kids um, got to learn and start with play and exploratory play with Code Jumper. Another station was where kids were applying those um, concepts with code.org. Another station was what we called it unplugged. That was a connection to literacy where they do some, you know, hear a short excerpt of a story and writing about computer science. And then another station was an unplugged that would reinforce the concept. So the students had the ability to learn the concept and then have it reinforced in several stations. So what was exciting about it is all the children in the classroom were learning Code Jumper. And what I loved about it is I think it just really gave us an opportunity to set the cultural norm around how we code and who learns to code and that we can use a variety of tools to learn how to code. CodeJumper was designed for students ages 7 to 11, but it sounds like it was useful with kindergartners as well. Tell me about how they responded. I think it was successful because we approached it in a small group setting. So as the students rotated through stations, you know, we took the exploratory avenue first in that first session. So show them something simple, talk about the components, and then let them try it out. So again, because the Code Jumper has, you know, all these sophisticated pieces that can be added on, we just started with, you know, one simple mechanism and then, you know, added on a little each week. So Kids are so curious and engaged, and especially at that age, you know, they just don't have any preconceived notions about like how things should work and, oh, you know, what coding is. And so we were really able to, you know, uh, take advantage of that natural curiosity. And they, kids want to turn knobs, they want to listen. Yeah. They, you know, those having multiple inputs was very engaging for the kids. CodeJumper is meant to be inclusive. What was it like to see all of the students working together, getting to learn with the same tool? You know, it was great because I think it, one thing it does is it just normalizes how we learn. Instead of saying, well, the student who has a visual impairment or the student with more behavior challenges is going to go over here or typically, you know, what happens is it might be within the classroom setting, but it might be, oh, we're going to have the teacher or paraprofessional work with that student and use that tool while everybody else uses this tool over here. So I think what we really wanted to do was just say, we are all learning all the tools. We want kids to help each other and learn from each other and build on that knowledge. And that's something we really saw happen where kids, um, you know, we really promote working in pairs and pair programming and solving anyway. And so this was just another tool that we could have kids work together. Sherry, what is your favorite part of CodeJumper? 
you know, just something with the sound and music. And I think there's just, you know, for at least for in the elementary range, there's not a lot of tools that have the feedback and the auditory piece. So I think that's exciting. We're really trying to have kids see computer science and coding as a creative endeavor and as a way they can express themselves and express their ideas. And so a tool like this is just another avenue for that to happen for students. I mean, we want students to feel like they have a voice and they can express their creativity and their ideas. And this is another really powerful way for all kids to be able to do that. Sherry, it's been great learning about how you use CoJumper. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so happy um, to, you know, extend the conversation around computer science and inclusion and accessibility for all. So thank you so much for the opportunity. To test CodeJumper, Sherry worked with Robin Lowell. Robin has been involved with CodeJumper from early on. She's a true change maker. She spent years as a special education teacher. She wrote the CodeJumper curriculum, and she's the senior manager of accessibility for I2E. Robin, thanks for talking with me today. Thanks for having me here. Robin, you know, you created and worked with a lot of the CodeJumper curriculum. Walk me through the process. How did you go about creating that curriculum? Well, when we were creating the curriculum, uh, we really wanted to make it so that it was as accessible and easy to use as possible. So accessible in terms of not only having access for those who need it, such as a screen reader or large print, but accessible in terms of teachers feeling comfortable uh, to use it. It's really challenging just to jump into a whole new way of thinking with coding. Um, so it's really important that when you're looking at the product and, and, and with CodeJumper and looking at the curriculum, that it's not overwhelming and you feel like, yes, this is something that I can do, I can learn, and I can teach to my kids. And Robin, how did you actually go about creating it? Did you work with students? Did you test it? You know, what was the process of writing and, and problem solving and brainstorming to create what ended up as all these really important lessons for students? Yeah, there was a, a the brainstorming process. And, and I think this is one of my favorite all-time projects just because of the creativity. So we were having to think, way outside of that box of how do we create curriculum that is um, not only good for our students with visual impairments, but that can engage a whole entire diverse class of students so that all of the students feel like this is something that has been created for them. So when we were creating it, we were testing it out on our own kids. We were testing it out on kids that uh, we worked with. Um, and, and just really thinking about it also testing it out on other teachers and thinking about and talking to teachers about, is this something that you would do? So a lot of research went into, um, the efficiency of the lessons to make sure that they can be done, you know, within the allotted time frame, such as 30 minutes. Um, there's a lot of research and thinking and, uh, problem solving and starting over from scratch on, is this a lesson that a student would really be engaged in? So we, we talked to um, all different kinds of kids and we took our lessons into classrooms and um, 
really tried it out to make sure that it was um, a good lesson and are all the, they're all good lessons and that it really had the point come across um, that we were meaning for in that, in that lesson. So I think the biggest thing was creativity, trial and error, lots of debugging and um, really figuring out what um, the best option is for the curriculum. Robin, the curriculum is available at codejumper.com, but for people who haven't gone through them yet, can you kind of walk me through what a typical lesson might look like for parents or teachers? Absolutely. So if we're looking at a lesson, the, they're all set up in very similar formats. So that way it's easy to kind of get that flow and that rhythm of the lesson. Um, the lessons themselves, um, again, we wanted to have this really inclusive experience for uh, not only the students, but the teachers, because a lot of the teachers and parents will be um, learning right along with their students and their child. So we wanted to make the lessons so you can just dive in and have everything you need right there um, on in the lesson plan. So each lesson has objectives. We um, put in resources such as uh, tutorial videos and um, or, or other outside resources, key vocabulary. So we have our key vocabulary words and also have them defined in a way that is um, not too techy, so that um, anyone can really digest it and understand what we are what we're talking about. And then, so for the flow for the lessons themselves, we start every lesson off with an unplugged activity. So thinking about this, so if we're starting out thinking about a computer, so computers are tools for information. So then we have a lesson that doesn't use CodeJumper, that doesn't use um, technology, but uses uh, paper and pencils or, or or a braille writer, or even your own body to kind of learn these concepts before you go in and dive into them in CodeJumper. So what's great about this is these can be used um, in, in many different ways as part of the greater lesson, as a standalone um, opportunity to just learn more about the computing and coding and computer science. So then the next level of the lesson is really that guided activity. So we have um, a lesson that introduces, like in the beginning, it's introducing CodeJumper itself, but all these concepts around coding. So for like the first one, CodeJumper, um, the first CodeJumper lesson, our guided activity is input and output. So we have our vocabulary, we have a list of the materials you're going to need, you know, which CodeJumper pods, or if there's other um, materials such as the uh, Computer Science Journal, and then all the instructions there, exactly what you need to do step-by-step step of how to work through the lesson and how to set up the program. So there's pictures and explanations and captions of which pods to use and how to connect them to the hub and what um, the, uh, the app will look like, so what the code actually looks like. So after we go through that guided lesson where, that, where the teachers are really doing more um, the instruction and more, um, hand-holding through the lesson to kind of get those concepts, we have the opportunity for um, exploration. So these are opportunities where we have a similar vocabulary, if not the same, we have all of our materials, but the students are really going through and um, working on the projects independently. So understanding what they're doing and um, having an opportunity to show their knowledge. Um, and with CodeJumper, 
uh, when you take the program apart, it does not save. So a lot of these lessons, well, all of these lessons have opportunities for students to write or explain or show in their computer science journal uh, what they learned in the lesson. So we can really collect that data about, about their learning and knowledge. And the computer science journal is not really um, a journal like a paper journal. It can be, but these are really concepts that um, students can write in whatever mode they want. If they're using um, a computer or if they're using a braille note or if they're using pen and paper. So there's a lot of opportunities for students to really collect their knowledge in one place and go back and to refer to it. And at the end of every lesson we have um, standards and our check for understanding. So there's always opportunity for the teachers to and families to connect with the learning and see, does my student understand what's going on? And so there's a lot of great resources in here, start to finish in a very um, user-friendly, easily digested way for teachers and parents to, to learn about the basics of coding using CodeJumper. I want to talk about that easily digestible way because I've talked with both teachers and parents who get so excited about CodeJumper, but then they get, I can see the nervousness and they say things like, you know, this is awesome, but I'm not a computer science teacher. I just don't know if I can teach coding. What is your message to them? Can they teach CodeJumper? Can they work with their students or with their children with CodeJumper? Absolutely. So one of the things I love about CodeJumper is if we think about it, you know, coding programs are not always accessible for all of our students with visual impairments. And so we see you can adapt them and modify them, and but it's not always just right. So with CodeJumper, it's really this idea from the beginning, yes, I can code, but that doesn't only apply to our students and our children. It applies to the parents and the teachers because they also need to be modeling that idea of I can code. And if they're willing to put the in and really think about the code, um, they're going to pass that along to their students. And what's really great about the Code Jumper curriculum is it is broken down into those steps of First you do this, and then you do this next. So it's a step-by-step -step process that um, the, the teacher, the instructor, has the opportunity to learn right along with your students, because you can read through the lesson and be able to teach that concept right away. You don't have to go out and learn a bunch of super fancy computer science words or technology everything is right there and it's really easy to break down each step and um, figure out what you need to do step one this is what you need to do step two robin you spent many years in the classroom working with students with visual impairments why is code jumper so important there are actually a lot of reasons why code jumper is so important but to me the most re the most the biggest reason um, that CodeJumper is so important is we are telling our kids that yes, you can from the earliest of ages. We have, I've worked with students in kindergarten using CodeJumper where they can dive in and we're not having to modify, we're not having to adapt, we're not having to say you can do part of this. They are fully immersed in the experience alongside their peers. So everyone in the classroom has the same experience with CodeJumper. So what we're telling our kids is, yes, you can, and you will be able to continue to, because they can move from CodeJumper to the 
text-based coding languages, and then there's not a lot of undoing. There's not a lot of undoing, well, you couldn't do the text, the block-based coding, but now you can. But there's that whole um, thought process of, well, I couldn't before, why can't I now? And so the, the more opportunities we have to create inclusive experiences for our kids where they can work alongside their peers and say, I'm just as able as my friend, the better. And CodeJumper is one of those opportunities to um, really experience that. I have worked with um, a lot of high schoolers with a lot of technology. And um, I had a student who is now in grad school reach out to me and say, thank you. Thank you for teaching me the technology in high school. So now when everybody around me is panicking, I know what to do. So we're giving our students the opportunity not only to um, say, yes, I can, and I'm going to, but we're giving them those advocacy skills to be able to say, I know I can, and this is what I need. Thanks, Robin. I know all of us at APH have been just so excited, and we've just really enjoyed getting to work with you on this project. We appreciate everything you've done, and we're excited to see CodeJumper continuing to, to change lives in the future. Uh, thank you. Yes, this has been such an amazing experience. Not only, you know, from the concept of CodeJumper, only seeing the um, prototypes and then getting to take that and give it to a student for the first time they've experienced coding and those light bulbs going, oh, you mean an algorithm is a list of steps to complete a task? Oh, yes, we have to debug. So, yeah, this opportunity that I have had with APH to really dive into CodeJumper has um, not only um, given me more experience with coding with students, but has really broadened my, my um, expectation of what we can ask of our kids. This shows that we can have coding with our five and six-year-olds, our seven-year-olds, and that they do have the opportunity to wow us with everything that they can do. Exciting things for the future. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. If you want to learn more about CodeJumper, just head over to CodeJumper.com. You'll find videos, articles, the curriculum, and more. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and be sure to look for ways you can be a changemaker this week.